Good morning, Roman. How are you doing? Good morning, Ali. Great, thanks. And you? Yeah, good, thanks. How exciting little continuation of our of our discussion so far. First episode, we went through a little bit of a background uh, about you, your experience so far. Episode two, we covered, uh, we had a little debate between ourselves about uh, discretionary or manual versus algorithmic trading. And then uh, we left off where we were going to share certain solutions that we employ in our trading practices. And in particular, we wanted to touch upon uh, a project, an open source project that the team had released in 2017 called the DWX Zero MQ Connector as to why it exists, uh, what was the background behind it, the vision that powered it, and uh, how we've uh, learned from that experience over time and how it will benefit people uh, with what we've done to it. So DarwinX uh, does not have a native trading API. And uh, we used to get requests back then, albeit from a small number of people, uh, that a trading API would be handy. And to touch on um, the vision behind it again, just for a moment, um, a lot of people came in uh, with a very sensible, um, uh, with some very sensible feedback, which was that, well, why go to all this trouble? when you could technically just release a trading API and be done with it. Why, why have a bridge at all? And that's a very valid point. Now, due to several reasons, um, it uh, simply hasn't been on the roadmap at DarwinX to have a native trading API. We have, however, released uh, the Darwin API that allows people to enables people to trade Darwin assets. We now support Trader Workstation, which enables people to use the TWS API and any uh, TWS supported trading platforms or environments such as NinjaTrader, MultiCharts, and what have you. Um, but we do not have a native trading API as of yet because there is simply not enough in the way of demand that's come in um, for us to for for it to warrant um, deploying developer and hence strategic resources. So there was a segment of the audience who had trading strategies in other programming languages at other brokers who wanted the opportunity of uh, attracting third-party investor capital or participating in the prop allocation Darwinia at DarwinX so as to essentially have their strategies uh, manage third-party investor capital or DarwinX capital and um, be able to uh, receive performance fees on a high watermark basis on investor profits. However, that wasn't possible for a segment of the audience who did not trade in MQL. So the vision was twofold, essentially, behind releasing this open source project. One was to empower people who did not necessarily have a background in MQL to be able to use any programming language and uh, be able to interface with DarwinX liquidity. So MetaTrader became a non-issue as a result of uh, this project. However, what we did at the time was employ a middleware called ZeroMQ, and uh, the need for it was to essentially act as the bridge between the trading strategy of the user that could have been in any programming language. We did a demonstration and uh, supplied example code in Python at the time, but Python was not a necessity by any means. It was essentially to demonstrate as easily as possible the functionality of the bridge. But ZeroMQ came with its own challenges. And uh, what we found with feedback over time was that 
unless people were fairly savvy with debugging socket connectivity issues, particularly with respect to ZeroMQ, it became quite a challenging environment for people to use the ZeroMQ, uh, DWX ZeroMQ connector. For all those people listening to this, uh, we will be sharing a lot of material and demonstrating things on screen. So if uh, you are currently on a podcast, uh, platform, then when you have time, if you could watch the equivalent on YouTube, that will allow you to follow uh, along with what we're doing here. But to return to that API discussion, we ended up releasing the DWX ZeroMQ connector as the best of both worlds. It in itself served as an API written in MQL so that anybody who did or didn't have experience in MQL didn't have to do anything. The API itself was written in MQL so that all people would have to do is deploy the, the code onto their MetaTrader platform, the simplest use case possible for anybody with little or no experience with MetaTrader. And the second thing it helped do was that by virtue of being an API written in MQL, it enabled people to benefit from the MetaTrader platform itself. So in traditional API environments, REST API environments, you'll have functionality that enables you to uh, do data acquisition, order management, as well as position management. And by developing this open source um, project, what we ended up doing was giving people the ability to do all of that, but also benefiting from having the entire platform itself available to them. So people could use the platform itself at any point in time as a as, as one of many things. They could use it as a backup, for instance, to, uh, to kill off positions that perhaps their, their code wasn't able to close or to deal manually to any, uh, any particular symbol or order-related issue if their, their code did not permit or did not have the functionality to do it. They could also use, it as a, use MetaTrader as a very convenient position management, a visual interface whereby any... Uh, orders that their code would be sending through and managing inside the platform would be visible to them. So if there was any manual intervention that was necessary on their part, or if they didn't agree with any particular order that had been taken by their code, their algorithmic trading strategy, they had the benefit of using MetaTrader as that visual uh, right there for you to point and click and manage your account while not affecting anything in your trading strategy at all. So we took all that feedback into consideration and sat down to figure out if we could remove this dependency on ZeroMQ and make it uh, completely synchronized between just the trading strategy, which could be written in any programming language. We chose to use Python as an example to illustrate functionality, but it could be C Sharp, it could be Java, C++, what have you, whatever programming language that supports uh, a few things that we'll talk about shortly can interface with Darwin X via MetaTrader without the programmer or strategy developer necessarily needing to know MetaTrader or MQL. And um, in doing that R&D, we figured out a way to get rid of ZeroMQ altogether, the middleware dependency. So now DWX Connect, as we are releasing it as a secondary open source project very soon, will no longer have this dependency and will communicate directly with MetaTrader via files. This is where, Roman, I'd like you to chime in and uh, carry the conversation because you've been hard at work implementing this for uh, almost a year now uh, with all the feedback that you've been handling as well as collecting uh, from the DWX ZeroMQ project and its issues and tickets. 
Um, so yeah, tell me more about how um, how we've resolved the problem of the ZeroMQ middleware and uh, uh, what we've done essentially. Um, yeah, first also to expand on the um, like motivation and why to do it. Mm -hmm. um, we there were also a few like technical technical issues or requests that could be that were difficult to implement. For example, um, um, so someone wanted to. Um, subscribe to basically all the symbols or a very large number of symbols and that would create a lot of messages and a lot of cpu usage mm -hmm. on um, the zero mq connector so um yeah it, um, this could be done more efficiently um, through um like using files where we could store all the symbol information in one file and um then there was also the question of how to implement it and uh, implement it in other languages and um, this way, in the current implementation, the, like the new package would be much easier to implement in other languages. And we even um, provide um, three languages um, already, uh, which are Python, Java, and C Sharp. So you already have a starting point if you use one of these three languages. So how about we continue uh, on that note into functionality that we have improved? Um, ZeroMQ, how we've removed it from the connector and how exactly this revised connector enables anybody with any trading strategy in any programming language that supports file IO to communicate directly with MetaTrader without any third party or middleware. Yeah, the basic idea is that we have a server um, EA and MetaTrader and uh, we can go through the input um, um, parameters later, but I just want to um, demonstrate what it does. Basically, in the um, files um, uh, directory, it will create. Just a to interrupt you here for one moment, Raman, yeah. for for the benefit of people who are who are listening and watching to this. If you are not familiar with MetaTrader, uh, if you could keep that directory open, actually, uh, Roman, so we can navigate through. Just go to the root directory, the MT4 directory. And basically, how we how we get there is through files and then open data folder. And then you can see the MQL4 file or for MetaTrader 5, it would be MQL5. That's and it. So this is the directory structure uh, that uh, is present inside your MetaTrader 4 or MetaTrader 5 instance. When, a, when you install MetaTrader 4, this is for the benefit of people who don't have experience with MetaTrader 4 or 5 or have little experience or haven't really navigated these directories. This is the directory structure inside your uh, installed trading platform instance. And over here, we'll guide you shortly. And also, we've also produced documentation for this on GitHub that will enable you to install whatever we talk about today and release on GitHub quite easily. And with a few easy steps, you'll be able to launch uh, the MetaTrader side of things without having to be an expert uh, by any means. <laughs> uh, if you have a very basic understanding of how to install new software and you have login credentials and are able to log into MetaTrader, you'll be absolutely fine. So I thought I'd interject with that just for yeah, the benefit sure. of those people who are watching who uh, may not necessarily understand what they're looking at. I'm sure most people watching this will already know this directory structure, but now it covers everybody. So carry on. Apologies for the intrusion. <laughs> okay, no problem. Um, okay, so in the files directory, there's some server EA. Um, EA stands for Expert Advisor, and, and it's basically an uh, algorithmic um, 
um, a, a script that does um, um, automated um, functions. And there's a w, um, DWX um, subfolder. And um, the server EA now stores uh, the information, for example, for open orders um, in these files. Um, for example, now here in the open order file, you have account information and also the orders as a dictionary. And right now we don't have any orders, so it's empty. And um, you can also access the account information, for example, free margin or balance, uh, which might be used if you want to um, have like um, um, calculate the lot size dependent um, on your balance, for example. And these files are in um, JSON format, so they can be read by any um, other um, um, yeah, and any programming language that supports the reading files, basically. And um, yeah, we implement it in API in um, Python, Java, and C Sharp for that purpose. So effectively, we have the core API, which is written in MQL, so that it can be deployed inside MetaTrader by anybody who wishes to use the project. And then for demonstration purposes, we've written client-side uh, implementations in Python, C Sharp, and Java, if I'm correct there, um, yes. uh, Roman, for people to essentially build on or use as is, depending on their uh, needs. So uh, for this demonstration, we'll be um, using the Python um, implementation, but we will also be releasing C Sharp and Java versions of this exact implementation for anybody to carry onwards from there. Yes, and one basic idea was also to make it as easy as possible to write um, strategies in um, Python or for um, this DWX Connect package. And therefore, um, the structure is a bit different compared to ZMQ. Um, we now have uh, something called a tick processor, which overrides uh, specific, uh, some functions um, which can be uh, um, or which uh, are triggered once, for example, there's a new tick, um, the on tick function will be triggered. Or if there's a new bar, on, uh, then the on bar data will be triggered. And if there's a new historic data, this function will be triggered. And, and there's also an on order event function, which will always be triggered when order changes. changes. So these can be used to manage your um, orders, basically, and your um, yeah, um, the data you receive. Great. And um, the functionality is exactly the same as what one would expect trading through MetaTrader or trading through any API, really, for that matter. Um, if I'm not mistaken, we support all order types supported natively by MetaTrader. Could you elaborate on that a little bit so that uh, both past sure. and new people can um, get an idea of as to their capabilities when using the bridge? Yeah, you can basically use all order types that are also used in MetaTrader. So you can use stop orders, um, uh, limit orders, and um, market orders. Um, they are named a bit differently, uh, but we will um, we will publish the um, um, like the exact um, name in the instructions. Uh, one reason is, for example, that MetaTrader four and MetaTrader five uses uh, slightly different ways of handling orders and positions. So we had to um, like have one one uh, consistent way to do it in Python. That's probably one of the biggest improvements with DWX Connect in that it now um, conveniently supports both MetaTrader 4 and 5. So it greatly expands the asset classes that you can trade through the connector. 
And um, you don't have to implement anything differently when it comes to MetaTrader 4 or 5. So you could be using, you could be preferring to use either of the two platforms and you'll be able to use the same code to interface with um, DarwinX Liquidity. So all you'll need to do is depending on the account type that you have, whether it's uh, MetaTrader 4 or 5, you'll simply need to use the MetaTrader 4 or 5 equivalent uh, of the API at MetaTrader's end. Sure. So should we like do a few small examples to um, show how it works? Yeah, let's start with data. So let's, um, I believe there are three capabilities, right? We, the connector as compared to the last one, this connector actually supports three types of data acquisition. If I'm not mistaken, they are real time, uh, historical and tick data. Could you elaborate on each one, one by one? Just Let's just demonstrate uh, each of those functionalities. Yeah, sure. I mean, the data functionality basically has um, four different types. Uh, one, you have the account um, information, which is just stored as a dictionary um, of the DWX client. And then you can subscribe to tick data. What kind of information does account info uh, contain? Just so people who are watching this right now can contains, get an idea. For example, the balance of the account, the equity, the leverage used, the free margin, and basically all the information that is also available through MetaTrader um, concerning the account, also the account name and the account number, of course. Yes. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Then we have two types of live data that you can subscribe to. One is um, um, tick data, which uses the subscribe symbols um, function. And then we have uh, bar data, which uses the subscribe symbols bar data function. Um, and then we have um, also the um, option to get historic data, which uses the get historic data function. And um, yeah, these are the three data types that you can request from um, MetaTrader. The live data will always be um, um, sent to the Python site um, every time there's a new, there, there's a change in the, in the data. For example, every time there's a new bar, um, the historic data function will already be executed once and then it will receive the answer every time you re request it. And by Python here, we're simply implying that in this implementation that we're demonstrating, it'll be Python. If you're using C Sharp or Java, or if you've built your own um, implementation in C++ or any other language, then uh, that is where this data will land. We can, for example, try out the um, um, script subscription um, function. Um, this one will subscribe to EuroUSD and um, the cable. And you can already see that um, the ticks are coming in here. And also the MetaTrader site said that um, su successfully subscribed to EuroUSD. It also says that there's an order sent because I actually have an order command here, but uh, we'll go through that later. So I just closed the order. And what kind okay. of latency do users experience with um the data request. So from the moment that uh, real-time data is subscribed to from a client application, in this case, the trading strategy, to the moment they receive the um, receive the, the data itself, the prices, now that we've removed ZeroMQ from the picture, what sort of latency improvement have we observed with uh, using files instead of sockets? I mean, basically, since it is using a bit less, um, um, like uh, the CPU, com uh, CPU demand is a bit um, um, uh, lower. This means that we can check prices more regularly. For example, 
um, there um, the default value would be to check the prices every 20, uh, 25 um, milliseconds. This, uh, of course, means that the maximum latency would be 25 milliseconds. But you also have to know that MT4 is actually only checking the prices like every 50 or 100 milliseconds, depending on the broker setup. So, um, yeah, an additional 25 milliseconds is not too much um, if you consider this. If you really need strategies that um, can't cope with a few milliseconds delay, then you probably should look into our fixed API package once uh, it is um, uh, published. Yes, that's a very good point. So for people who have very low latency or, are, or, or their strategies are very latency or price sensitive, this connector is not the ideal solution. As Roman just mentioned, the, we also have a, a fixed API connector that we're due to publish soon, which I believe is in Python and Java, if I'm not mistaken, yes. Roman. Yes. So that will be released um, uh, soon as well. And uh, we'll also record uh, a demonstration of that. That'll enable you to see how, if you have a slightly more latency sensitive um, uh, trading strategy or application, then it's you're better off using um, Fix directly as opposed to using uh, this um, project, whereby you still have MetaTrader as the intermediary before your order actually gets to the market. So with this subscribe symbols and function, you can it will always set the um, symbol list as given here. So if you, for example, want to stop um, subscribing to um, um, the pound, then you would just send the um, um, new list, which does not include the pound. So now it's uh, stopped sending tick data for um, the cable. And if you're using this um, in real time without uh, if if and if for some reason you're not able to or don't want to close your application and restart your instance, yeah, there is, there are functions in place for you to do that uh, during the execution of an existing script without having to worry about having to terminate your script and go go back and do things from scratch. The second um, function is uh, to subscribe to bar data. One interesting thing here is that it will actually also open um, charts for the bar data. I will probably have to close all other charts so that we can demonstrate this. Um, the background behind this is that um, in MetaTrader, if you request bar data from a symbol that is not the chart symbol and not the chart timeframe, for example, here we have a EURUSD daily chart, but if you now want to have um, data for, an, um, for example, the M1, um, bar data of um, Aussie CAT, then um, there's no guarantee that this bar data will always be directly updated on the when um, there's a new minute because um, these are processes which are run um, in the background if you haven't uh, if the chart is not open. If the chart is open, then it forces MT4 to um, refresh the data as quickly as possible. And therefore, um, we implement, implemented it in a way that you can um, set the MT4 um, EA to open the uh, the uh, specific um, charts. We can demonstrate That's it. That's pretty handy because um, that way people also get a visual as to how that particular market is 
at the moment. So it has a few benefits, not not just in terms of uh, the data being up to date if the chart is open and quoting, but also from a convenience perspective that people get a visual as to the, the data that's been open, uh, the data that's being retrieved so that if they are using the platform at that time, they can they can see what um, what data they're subscribed to and also get a visual as to how that market's going. Yeah, and um, as you can see, I already um, executed this command and it opened the three charts that are needed. And um, yeah, you will now see the on bar data function triggered every time there's a new um, bar data, which of course will be in the next minute. So it's a bit, um, yeah. We'd have to wait a long time to see the M5, uh, M15 uh, to update. How about we go into historical data now? So we've done uh, implementations of, uh, we've done a demonstration of uh, real-time bar tick and uh, what am I missing? Bar tick and? Um, yeah, real-time is just bar and tick data. And uh, I mean, MT4 also only offers these type and um, historic data is then bar data. So let's um, try to get historic bar data. Um, for that, you need an enter and start and end time. Um, this is just using the current time and the start time is then 30 days before the current time. In this um, case, we want a, a daily data or we could change to four hour data, for example. And if we execute this, it um, will show that um, 122 bars have been read. And you can also see that the um, EURUSD H4 um, chart was opened. In case you want to, again, uh, like um, request new data, then it uh, uh, MP4 would be uh, um, forced to have this data available. That's very handy. Awesome. That's basically the um, data side of the API. And then we can go into actually opening trades or managing trades. Yeah, let's go so into this. order and position management now. So this uh, we've covered real-time and historical data acquisition. So now let's tread into order management. Okay, for this, I added this paragraph to um, um, the onTick function because for example, if you want to you open a buy position, you need to know the ask price, or um, else it would probably result in an error. Um, and uh, it will only uh, execute this once. So if we do this, we should um, open a small your USD position. There it is. Just a quick question on this note. So the ZRMQ version of this connector back then did not require stipulating a price if a market order needs to be executed. Is that the same? Is that case the same now with DWX Connect? Do you need to specify an ask price when you're simply executing a market order? Um, I could actually just try it without um, the price and see if I have implemented it. Yes, it is. <laughs> I actually there we go. Live that. debugging and success. <laughs> uh, yeah, I actually forgot that I implemented it. So forget this. You can also just um, call this anywhere else because you don't need the price. Um, when the order was open, it also wrote a message that, that there is a new, op new order open with all the information like magic and um, which was given as one, two, three. Um, if you, uh, you can also just um, don't use any magic, then it will be used the uh, zero as magic number. 
um, if you only have one magic number, then you don't really need to specify it. And um, yeah, it will also show the commission and uh, the profit loss in case you have a strategy which um, closes, for example, after a given loss or something. You can also use this information. And, um, and if a user wants to set uh, a stop loss or take profit further down the line, the, this initial market order has been uh, set up without a stop and take profit. Um, but uh, there will always be logic where people set stops and take profits uh, immediately after the execution of the trade. So is it possible now to do a little demonstration of how to modify the stop loss and take profit of an existing order if we have that order sure. information? I mean, first, it is also possible to um, submit the order with uh, stop loss and take profit. I just uh, didn't um, use these, but you can see. Oh, perfect. Yeah, right there. You can also set a comment or an expiration date if it's a pending order, like a limit order. Um, so you can directly set it. But in our example, we will um, demonstrate how the modify order function works, which just needs the ticket. And then you can, um, for example, specify the stop loss. Um, in this case, we use the open price minus uh, 0.01. And um, let me the terminal and execute it. And you can see now it has a stop loss, which is 100 pips. Perfect. Below the, uh, On that price. note, the stop loss requires a price submission, not a pips submission. Yes, it's price, yeah. I thought it's more um, consistent with with how a MetaTrader works because yeah, they also have to submit the price. Um, and the ticket value could also be a bit different. For example, if you're trading um, like indices or something like that, then it's not always clear what the tick value actually is. Yeah, you're so, right. Um, that's right. That's, case, that's a significant improvement on the ZRMQ version of the connector that was, in hindsight, primarily built for an FX and CFDs audience with a focus on currencies at the time. Uh, most of the beta testing was done on currencies and uh, a limited universe of indices at the time, but this makes the, the whole project universal. So you're now not restricted by uh, a points convention. You can, uh, depending on whether you're using MetaTrader 4 or 5, use the same connector for any symbol that's provided to you through the platforms. Okay, so next... Um we can demonstrate the close functions. There are actually um, multiple ways to close an um, order. You can also either use the ticket or you can close by symbol. This would close all um, orders of the symbol or you can close by magic number, which would close all orders of the magic number. Or you can just um, execute the close all orders, which would um, then close all open orders. So the advantage users have is that if you're maintaining lots and lots of positions or you have lots of orders open, um, there is a very convenient nuclear button <laughs> yeah. in uh, in the connector that enables you to close all positions. Uh, yeah, actually, once. I always wondered why uh, why a MetaTrader doesn't have this and like where you can manually. Just I know it's like the most common all. sense um, uh, feature to have, but they don't have it in MetaTrader for some reason. You can yeah. close orders manually one by one uh, but not close them all in one go i have no idea why it would make it will make total sense for them to have it and if they're listening please uh, add that functionality we've got it here in the connector but it'd be super cool for people to be able to do that manually as well yeah so to test the close order function i set the maximum lot size to a higher value because you can also close 
uh, partially, and I want to um, demonstrate this. So I would allow a maximum order lot size of one lot, for example, um, um, on the uh, MQL side, and then I submit an order of um, 0 0.5 lots. And um, now, yeah, we can uh, execute the um, close order function with, for example, 0 0.1 lot. And then it should just close the 0 0.1. And you can see now the size changed to 0 0.4. So you can also partially close. If you have a large, a large um, position, for example, and you want to have different take profit targets, you can close um, part of the position um, with this function. Perfect. And summary position management is, uh, is, is totally possible through the connector as well. And there are actually benefits to using the connector versus doing, doing that manually as it requires just one step with one instruction through the connector, as opposed to two or three modal dialogues in MetaTrader for you to do the same position size change. Sure, and um, we can just close the complete order, for example, by any of these three functions. So I will just use the close all order command and um, now everything is closed. You can also um, access the historic um, trade information um, with the get historic trades um, command. So I would execute save dwx get historic trades and um, the only parameter is lookback days which is the number of days to check and uh, to show the orders. Maybe you should only put it to one because we had a lot of orders. And um, you also have to make sure um, if you have a long, long history that you want to check, you would have to um, set um, the account history in MetaTrader to all history because else it will not be available. Um, and um, it will then um, give back all trades in the given lookback um, period. Here we just have one day because we opened so many um, trades today that it would be a lot already. Um, if you want to check a longer period, like 90 days, you would have to make sure that you set the account history and MQL to all history because otherwise um, the MQL part will only be able to see the trades that I actually see um, shown in this um, tab. So you have to check all history, then you should be able to get the complete um, list. If we execute this now, it will trigger the on historic data function. And here we just, uh, no, on, on historic trades function. And here we just print how many trades we had because it would be too much information. So here we actually have 215 trades because I also ran some performance tests uh, before we um, today when before we um, started the screen screencast. So yeah, what kind of data structure is historic trades? Is it um, is it a data frame? Is it something else? Um, it is stored in files um, like this, uh, like um, in JSON format, and um, I think the data structure is pretty much it. So you have like um, the um, ticket of the trade is um, the um, key, and then you have the whole information. It is done this way because um, I mean, first, if you have like pandas and data frames, it is um, it can be less performance. Uh, I mean, it can slow down a, a bit the execution. Yep. And um, I also wanted to have it consistent with the open orders. 
because it would be strange if the open orders are different than the historic trades. That makes sense, yes. Therefore, People yeah. will have flexibility on what to do then with that. Uh, and they can read they can read it directly into the applications and do what they'd like with it, since it's a, a standard format. It's JSON there, it's JSON here. Let's talk about the, the, the screen that's been showing up uh, so far in this conversation, the input parameters of the actual expert advisor that you're going to need to deploy on the platform. For those of you who don't have much experience or no experience with MetaTrader, be that four or five, input parameters essentially values that uh, an algorithmic trading uh, solution, such as an expert advisor or perhaps an indicator, what have you, require prior to being launched. These defaults are already set for you um, in the MQL version of the API. And um, depending on your requirements, you'll need to make a very uh, small adjustments to these input parameters. We've got a separate video uh, already on our YouTube channel that demonstrates how to load and modify these values. In most cases, you'll probably just need to modify maximum lot size. And if you're trading uh, symbols that uh, have a different convention of points, for instance, or lot sizing, then you may need to modify lot size digits as well. Also, the maximum orders field is important since uh, the default value for, for safety's sake is set to one. So while you're testing the, the project, your script doesn't accidentally um, launch too many orders, but you can modify this value to suit what uh, is typical behavior on the part of your strategy. So uh, go for it, Roman. Just thought I'd add yeah. that bit in for people who are listening. Yes, as you said, uh, usually you just have to modify these two values because uh, all others um, uh, can be um, set to default. Lot size digits only matters, for example, if you trade indices where you have to, um, for example, only if you only can trade complete contracts and not um, like 0 0.01 contracts. And um, then the millisecond timer, if you want to have a uh, less delay, you can set it maybe to five milliseconds. Of course, if you set it too low, like, um, I don't know, once a month millisecond, it could be uh, more CPU expensive. So um, then the num last messages is um, just an internal value that is used um, to determine how, how many of the last messages um, uh, MQL should um, store in the message file. The message file is not really that important because it, I mean, it's just for communication and debugging, but even if you skip a message, it won't be um, really um, that important for the trading. Um, the value is set to 50 because um, it could theoretically happen that you get like 10 messages in MQL and uh, before the next um, check is done on the um, other side in our um, example Python. Um, yeah, but it's uh, this value is not too important, but, but I wouldn't um, reduce it to less than 50. These two values just determine whether a new bar should be open if you subscribe to bar data. I would suggest to let the uh, to keep these at two because um, as we explained, it will force MT4 to load the data. And But if you don't want to um, open the charts, you can set it to false as well. And that's it. That's quite quite a few improvements you've made there. Congratulations. Um, the ZeroMQ project uh, was started by myself, not having too many resources at the time and just coming up with something to, to, to essentially empower people who were trading or cr creating algorithmic trading solutions in different programming languages to MQL. 
And uh, the vision was really to provide uh, an API uh, in the absence of an API. But you've taken it uh, a few steps further now. You've sanitized the code a lot. You've improved the functionality. Uh, you've also successfully removed the ZRMQ dependency, whereby we we actually now have a much faster implementation in any programming language. So uh, congratulations, well done. I'm, uh, I'm really Thank pleased you. that uh, you were able to take this and uh, and run with it like you have. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, I actually think that uh, like um, from a uh, from coding perspective, the the ZRMQ thing is maybe you could say it's a bit cleaner if you have uh, the socket communication. But sometimes an easier solution or a simpler solution is still preferable if you, I mean, it depends on the goal, but um, from my experience, it is um, um, yeah easier the way it is done now. Yeah, I agree. And also um, going back to the point of multiple programming languages, well, we've done efforts on our side. Well, uh, Roman has done efforts on his side <laughs> to provide uh, three implementations in C-sharp, Java, and Python. Uh, there is no dependency uh, as such. You don't have to use these implementations as long as you're using the the core part, which which you can't work with the connector without, which is the MQL EA. That depending on your platform version, MT4, MT5, depending on your account type at DarwinX, uh, you'll need to use. But regardless of MetaTrader version. Uh, you can implement the interface yourself in a programming language of your choice. You needn't have to use any one of these three programming languages. However, if you are going to use C-sharp, Java, or Python, the code base that we've provided gives you a, a very good start. So you can kickstart your development efforts, uh, modify the existing implementation uh, a little bit to suit your purposes, or just build on it to build something a lot more robust than the examples that we've provided. So in all cases, cases, uh, we've tried to be of as much help as we possibly can in building it in three of the most popular uh, languages that are used in algorithmic trading. But like I said, there is no need for you to use this code. Uh, you can write your own implementation code in whatever programming language you choose. So I think um, that pretty much covers uh, what we wanted to talk about today. So hopefully for anybody who's listening, um, you still have the option to use the DWX ZeroMQ uh, connector to act as your API interface to DarwinX. Um, DarwinX does not yet have a native trading API, but we do now support the TWS API. So if you're looking to trade cash stocks or futures, uh, you can, of course, avail the TWS platform and any other TWS API supported platforms such as NinjaTrader or uh, multi-charts, the multi-charts environment, etc. Um, but if you're primarily trading FX and CFDs or if you would like to trade um, through MetaTrader, but do it algorithmically with a bit more flexibility that uh, may or may not be available to you in MQL, you can now use the DWX Connect package to completely bypass ZeroMQ, have a much faster, much cleaner implementation of your API to DarwinX, and uh, also benefit from having the platform itself, MetaTrader, giving you oversight as to what your strategy is doing at DarwinX and the ability to manually intervene if that becomes necessary at any point. Plus have visual charting tools for you to, uh, if, if that is part of your process, to, to essentially analyze in real time or visualize how your positions are performing. 
uh, were you to have a use case for any kind of intervention, then the DWX Connect package gives you the best of both worlds, whereby it gives you an API for you to trade at DarwinX algorithmically, and it also gives you the platform for you to manage your positions and activity in general. So with that, I think uh, I think we can call it a day, Roman. What do you reckon? Sure. I think we covered everything important. Of course, if people have uh, suggestions or um, yeah, also issues, they can um, then write um, and they can open issues on uh, GitHub. And I hope to hopefully be able to uh, help them and um, yeah, include uh, any requests for function new functionalities and something like that. Fantastic. And for those of you wondering uh, when this will be released, uh, we will be releasing it soon, uh, open sourcing it soon on GitHub. If you are um, a user at DarwinX, you will receive an email in your inbox on a Friday weekly email or in another announcement during the week. Uh, but to get notified, uh, you can essentially sign up at DarwinX for a user account. It's free. There's no, there's no cost or any other uh, detail required whereby you can receive email correspondence from DarwinX. So if you don't already have a DarwinX account, uh, head over to darwinx.com and hit the sign up button at the top to create your user account. If you already have an account at DarwinX, then uh, kindly ensure that you are subscribed to receive emails at DarwinX. And the easiest way to check this is to just go search in your inbox for DarwinX or from info at darwinx.com if you're using Gmail to see uh, any past correspondence and just quickly check in the bottom of that any one email you find uh, a link called update subscription preferences or update your preferences. And there you'll be able to visualize uh, whether you are subscribed to receive correspondence from DarwinX or not. And the moment we release it on GitHub, we will send that email out to all people subscribed to the lists and everybody will get notified. Uh, the other thing to do also, just so you're in tune with any updates and notifications to do with this project or any other project we're doing with other members of the team, such as Martin Tinsley, for example, are to subscribe to the DarwinX YouTube channel and please set all notifications rather than just subscribing to personalized notifications. This will notify you immediately anytime anything new is launched uh, either on GitHub, via YouTube, or on YouTube itself as a video or a podcast. So thank you very much for your time. And thank you for your time, Roman, in, in conducting thank this you. mammoth effort to make this uh, project a lot better. And in, in doing so, you've, you've added a lot more very useful functionality. So kudos for the effort. And look forward to speaking to you again in the next episode where we'll be going into a bit more detail as to practical applications of the DWX Connect package. Uh, we'll go through some example trading strategies that we created at the time of DWX ZeroMQ connectors release. And we'll also talk a bit about the development efforts that we've done our end on the fix API side for people who may not find DWX Connect suitable for the kind of trading strategy that they are running. Or if they wish to completely avoid MetaTrader altogether, then we have a solution for that too. So stay tuned and thanks a lot for your time, Roman. Thanks too. Looking forward to it. Cheers. Have a nice one. Take care. You too. Bye.